The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome, welcome everybody to the show today. So here's the big question. What happens when we die? This is an ancient question, probably best answered best answered by people who are already there, which is what I always think. Those are the ones who know the answer, but it's something that we've questioned for years. We all have our theories and dreams, but nobody really knows, or do they? My guest today has written an amazing book that transcends space and time and gives us a glimpse of what might be happening when we shift off this planet. The Next Room by Jane Asher was actually co-written by her mother, Betty Asher, from the other side. And the book shares some amazing insights and lessons that we can all appreciate whether we believe in an afterlife or not. And so I want to welcome Jane to the show. Thanks so much for joining me. Well, thank you. That was beautifully said. I really appreciate that. You know, whether you believe it or not, there are some (laughs) really great life lessons in there. There are. And you know, like I've had some debates with my husband on this, who we have very differing beliefs on a lot of things, which kind of makes makes things interesting, but especially on this particular topic where he believes that it's kind of the big sleep and that's it. And you just, what you experience when you're asleep is kind of all it is. And I think that there's a lot more and I hope that he reads the book. I've really enjoyed this. And I know this is such a labor of love for you. I mean, this took years in the making, right? Yeah, it really did. You know, I I think I always dreamed about writing a book when I was a kid and, and, you know, huge, voracious reader. And um, I would kind of joke around with my mom. And and so we had this thing because she was a great writer as well. And um, I just, it sort of, it just kept morphing and changing over the years. So actually the full book took close to 11 years from the beginning thought process and, you know, jotting down notes and dreams and ideas. And, you know, so it it definitely morphed and changed into what is now the next room. From the spark to completion to your baby out in the world. Yes. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. I I love it. And I mean, we share a lot of the same interest and a lot of times the gatherings will, will gather together and, and share ideas and the information that you give in this book is so incredible. So I want to dive right in, but I want to get to the beginning to kind of start off your upbringing. Now, I'm just curious, was spirituality or the afterlife or anything ever discussed? Like, did you ever have those conversations with your parents? All the time, 
all the time. Raised very uh, buttoned down Lutheran, never missed church on Sunday. We marched in like it's late all the way up to the front on the left hand side, second pew, all eight of us in a row. We prayed before every single meal. We prayed when we woke up. We prayed before we went to bed. Um, It was just very religious, you know, with that Lutheran side. Yes. But my mom and dad were also very open and very curious, and they had friends from all walks of life. So they didn't shut me down when I started bringing them different ideas, especially when I moved to the left coast when I was like 20. So I'd come home and I'd have all these new wild ideas and friends to talk to them about. And they never said, oh, you're crazy or stop that or that's devil worship or any of that. They were very cool and very open. So, yeah, the afterlife was always a a pretty big dinner conversation for the Asher family. That's great. And you had a big family. You guys were very close knit. So there's like six of you, plus Mm -hmm. I'm sure numerous cousins and grandchildren and nieces and nephews at this point. Yeah. Oh, there's a ton of us. I mean, it's just when we have, um, we have a reunion for my mom's side of the family. Literally, I think there's about 200 people now. We have every two years, we have this massive celebration. It's called Harmonize and we all get together and it's hilarious. I mean, just so much fun. Yeah. Big fun family. My dad always said, there's always room at the table for one more right? (laughs) One more. That's great. And so what do they all think about the book? I mean, they must be very supportive and really loving it that it's out there. Yeah. You know, um, I would have to say overall, the response has been very good. I was very, I had a lot of trepidation and a lot of like natural anxious fear over how it would be received because when you're raised super Bible Christian, you know, father, son, Holy ghost, you know, and you're raised in that world, Um, And this is a little bit bigger thought, and it pushes the boundaries of not just Christianity, because there are many doors to heaven or the next room. Um, So, but I would say overall, I'm pretty impressed. I've got a lot of my nephews and my nieces really, like that generation, really get it um, and have called me and like, Aunt Jane, Aunt Jane, I have to talk to you. I got to ask you a question or I freaked out, or I got to tell you a story about what happened to me. So, um, that younger generation seems to be very much vibing with it, which makes me happy to think, okay, we're, we're elevating, we're moving. Um, my siblings, all of them have been super loving and supportive. Uh, I had a brother-in-law, who I didn't even expect to read it, you know, and I sent it to Cal and just cause his sister, my sister, Lynn, my oldest sister who passed away, that was his wife. And I thought out of courtesy, I'll send Cal a copy. Cal calls me. He couldn't put it down. Like he read it in two days and he's like, you know, it's really made me think about things and it's made me view things differently. And now I'm looking at things in my life that maybe I want to, you know, examine closer. So yeah, the support with my family and my hometown of, of Deckerville, Michigan has been nothing short of astonishing. I'm Shout really, out to Deckerville. Yeah, I love Deckerville, <laughs> man. 800 people, 5,000 cows, 25 churches, and two bars. <laughs> it sounds idyllic, you know, it the is. way you describe growing it up is. and the experience that you had with your family. And I can see where some of the concepts that you bring up in the book might be, I don't want to say challenging, but just... Yeah, well, maybe a little challenging, you know, it's some stuff to wrap your head around that might be different from a traditional 
upbringing of, you know, what you're taught and that kind of thing. But I think that's good. I think we need to be challenged and have our minds opened up a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. You know, what's the point if you're not going to push a boundary or if you're not going to try to, to move us forward in this life experience. And, you know, it's funny, my one nephew, Jason called me a couple of days ago or no, he was texting me and he's, um, he just said, Hey, I finished it. And thank you so much. And then he said, get busy writing the next room too, lady. And then he corrected himself and said, ladies, and it made <laughs> me laugh. And then I said, you know, thank you because you don't always get all that feedback and you're sitting here kind of like you're naked in a canoe floating down a river when you put a book out, because you don't know if people, if they don't respond, you're like, Ooh, did they hate it? Did they like it? Why aren't they calling me? Why? You know, there's so much ego wrapped around it and you just have to constantly push that aside. But, you know, he said the greatest thing. He said, you know, Aunt Jane, if everybody felt the same, there would be no reason for you to write this book. And I was like, Hmm, there's my little wise wonder. That's a really That's some ins- great insight. Yeah, I thought so too. So yeah, I just really love that kid. Man, he's just, he's really a, he's a wise soul. So I yeah, think a lot of people are going to get some insights. They're going to get some comfort from this. Maybe it'll help them in their own time of grief to yeah. think of things a little bit differently. Yeah. So I wanted to also start and ask you about your, your parents' love story, which is kind of like almost the crux in a way of the book which is pretty amazing. And did this affect you and your own relationships growing up? Like, did you look at other people and say, well, it's not, I don't think I'll be be able to have that or the same, or was that something you aspired to? Like, I I want that kind of relationship and I won't settle for less. Yeah. You know, they were just so dynamic and they were so meant to be. I mean, they were married for 62 years on this side and I'm sure they're having a ball in the next room. And they've, it sounds like from what I'm hearing that they've been together through many lifetimes. So yeah, they were just a super cool role model. I I didn't ever think I could ever find what they have because what they had is, was Don and Betty Asher, right? And, and I'm Jane and Tom, you know, and, and so I have a great relationship, but uh, yeah, I looked up to them a lot. I think we all did. And, you know, all of us really dad would say, you know, water rises to its level. And what he meant was, you know, make sure you're surrounding yourself with good caliber, high quality people. You know, what the people that you surround yourself with, that's what you're going to become. It's like your pack, right? Um, So yeah, they taught us a lot about respect and integrity and, and uh, just being good human beings. What an incredible example. Yeah, the relationship must have been. So yeah. it seemed like, and I don't know if if this is true, but was your mom like the sun and everybody was the orbit? Like she was kind <laughs> of the center of the universe. Dad thought he was, but it was my mom. And he's probably laughing right now. My dad loved to hold court and he was a jokester and he had really filthy, uh, not very tactful stories. He didn't have a very good filter, um, you know, old Navy guy and uh, super inappropriate a lot of times, but my mom was sort of like, everybody just wanted to be next to her, you know? And the minute you would come to the house, it was like, what can, can I get you to drink? You know, you want a cup of coffee, you want a bloody Mary, you know, and she'd start putting snacks out and she just had this generosity of spirit and just such a beautiful energy. You were really drawn in. 
And everybody really dug her. Not that they didn't like him because he was a character and a half. Everybody loved dad. But uh, together, they were quite the dynamic duo. I keep looking because I've got this just killer picture of them on the beach in Florida when they were, I don't even know, maybe in their 50s. And they didn't know it was being shot. It was a guy was up on a balcony with a really long telephoto lens. And he took a picture of them. And it's just, it's extraordinary. They're just kind of um, an unguarded moment there. Yeah, very unguarded. (laughs) And they have the same laugh lines and you can just hear them. They enjoyed life. They really did. They were all about having a cocktail and they loved to dance and they held hands and, and it wasn't always rainbows, you know, they had their challenges. I'm not, you know, they really had their challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But they really kept that, those moments um, relatively quiet. You know, they really didn't air their, their laundry. And there's one thing that, you know, you couldn't go against one against the other ever, If she said no, no meant no. You couldn't go play it. You know, a lot of kids will do that with parents. Um, They were a cohesive wall of discipline. The united front. Oh, my gosh. No doubt about it. That could not be breached. No. Well, well you, can, you can get a sense of, of her energy just looking at the back cover of the book and her smile, which you both have the same smile, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure That's many true. people tell you that. But she yeah. just radiates, you know, there's just joy and warmth there. So, I mean, getting into kind of how this book even came about, which starts out as some grief, right? I mean, just taking us back to that day. Um, you know, your mom went into the hospital for heart surgery and she recovered enough to be able to go home and she was able to pass at home, which I think is really a blessing. And I've, I've read this in a lot of other people's experiences where there'll be kind of a, like a burst of energy or where someone will seem to recover and then everyone will be hopeful, like, oh, you know, this yeah. is going to be great. And right. it's kind of, it kind of gives people a chance to either say goodbye or right. have that last meal or something like that. And then the fact that she was, she passed on a very unusual date, which you talk about in the book, September 31st. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping you could tell us about that. Cause as we all know, there is not a September 31st, but exactly. then is there, you know? Yes. Is there 30 days, half September? Yeah. She, you know, Diane, I really think she busted her butt to truly get out of that hospital. Um, whether or not she knew she was going to recover I don't think that meant as much to her as, and I'm not a hundred percent sure as just getting home. I, I, that's how strong her character and her, she was so tenacious. And I just felt like she did everything she could to get home. And then once she was home, it's like, all right, I'm going, I'm letting go. And she let go in the arms of her best friend. But the September 31st thing, it's funny. She you know, when I moved to California, I was 22. And before I left, she had given me a calendar. And in each box, it had every birthday, every anniversary, every special date you can imagine, cousins, relatives, friends. Um, She didn't want me to lose my touch with family. So then every year she would give me a calendar at Christmas, I'd get the new calendar for the forthcoming year. And she would write in all the little boxes for me. In one year, she didn't do it. And I, when I went home that summer, I put it in my suitcase, flew home. She called me a name because I said, you're going to put those little, you know, you've got to write in those boxes. So the year she passed, it was 2010 calendars on the back of our kitchen door that she had given me the Christmas. Um, and, you know, I'm here. I get a call from my sister. 
she had died five days after, about five days after she got home from the hospital. Flipped out, of course, and lost control. But all I knew is I had to take whatever control I could, which was go book a ticket, you know, get the four of us on a Delta flight home and uh, get back there. And I grabbed the calendar off the kitchen door and I start flipping and I'm calling Delta and I'm like, okay, September, October, September, October. I'm like, okay, so today's the 31st. And the the person at the um, airline just said, uh, no, today is the first. And I'm like, no, 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 it's right here on my calendar. There was a typo on that calendar and it was September 31st. And later my husband just said, you know, Janie, it's because she didn't really die. You know, she just slipped into the room in a day that doesn't really exist. And for some reason that just felt so comforting to me, you know, that she actually died in the time space continuum of this day that doesn't really exist, which makes sense because we're here and then we're over here. So for me, it was really, uh, it's comforting. And every day when, when the calendar rolls around, September 30th comes around, you know, I just leave the calendar there and I have this day, not day celebration with candles and pictures of her and champagne and her favorite music. And, and just, we have a day of it. We celebrate that. That's that, so great. Yeah. It's, it's a special day that just it kind of exists for you. Exactly. Exactly. It's so <laughs> wild. It. And, you know, and, and who, you know, you have one job to make the calendar correctly, right? It's just so wild. I'll never forget that. That's crazy. Yeah, that's so cool that you shared that in the book. And the the other great thing that I loved was just finding out more about you and your life and some of the things that you've been through. Like we both took the radio path that led us in, in different directions and how those things how those things happen. I mean, I love biographies, so I always love reading about people's lives and things that they've been through. So the important thing was that your radio career brought you out here to California mm-hmm. where you left to spread your wings and, uh, and started a job in Santa Barbara. And this is where the other important character comes in, Pam Osley. And you met Pam in Santa Barbara and she's an incredible psychic medium. And I thought it was so funny when you described in the book that you were a little skeptical with kind of the raised eyebrow when she came in Big time. Know, to the station, like Big time. what's, what's up with this? And yeah. the other, the other funny side note is your partner that you were working with. I ended up working with him later, years later in Florida. So wild. <laughs> Shout out to Terry James. If he happens to listen say, to this. Terry James. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. I just spoke to him yesterday. Still a very, very dear friend of mine. And yeah, Terry was always, you know, bringing new things into our morning show. And when he suggested Pam, I'm like, ah, what kind of hooey is this? You know, what, what do you mean she can tell you the future? And, and I was, you know, this kid from Michigan, I had never encountered a psychic in my life. And all of a sudden, here's this person that comes on the radio with us. And she was telling people astonishing things about them that all ended up to be true. And then I set up a session with her and everything she told me it was all future stuff, but it was miraculous and crazy. So flash forward, here we are years and years later, my mother passes away and my dad is so despondent. He's out visiting here in California to get out of the bitter cold of Michigan. And he said, Hey, I want to talk to your friend. I'm like, dad, you got to be more specific. I got a bunch of friends. He's like, you know, the one that does uh, seances and stuff. I'm like, Oh, Pam, like, sure, I'll hook you up. I don't know what you think she's going to help you find out or what you think she's going to do. But he was like adamant 
So my dad got the whole thing started. I set them up with a phone call and he was on the phone for quite some time. When I finally found him, he had tears streaming down his cute little sun-kissed cheeks. And I'm like, oh no, what'd you do, Jane? What'd you do? And, and come to find out what I did was this happy accident where he just said, it's okay, she was here. And I'm like, what? And I have, I still have the recording of that very first phone call. And that was when my knowledge expanded to my friend's gift that she could connect with the other side. So every year, my dad would have a yearly phone call to mom, I would set up a session with my friend Pam and, and dad was so comforted. And it just gave him it was like having a grief counselor for, you know, 10 years in a row. But it was one phone call once a year, and it gave him such solace and peace and hope that he would indeed be reunited with his girlfriend when it was time for him to go. And she kept saying to him, dude, get not dude, but get busy living, <laughs> stop moping, you know, don't be a Debbie Downer just because I left before you. By the way, you're going to be around for a very long time. And that kind of upset him because he thought he was ready to go. And lo and behold, you know, he lived almost eight more years. He was 91, perfect health, and just kicked it in his sleep. You know, just had the, the nicest, stuck the landing, as my, as my friend Nancy would say. So um, everything she told him, she was telling him things about the family and encouraging him to get out and get involved. And it was really, um, and I, you know, and I'm not trying to endorse psychic mediums. I'm just saying in my dad's case, it was unbelievably... Um, uh, gave him so much peace. It was just a really good thing. And he so brought it on. Healing can yeah, take so place. Much. And, and I know, uh, you know, and, and like you said, people should definitely check out someone that they want to talk to if they're interested in having that kind of connection. Sure. There's some incredible mediums that are working out there that are doing some really good work. And they're really passionate about helping people to get over their grief. Yes. And and it can happen instantaneously. Like I'm sure right after your dad spoke with Pam, even the first time, just, you know, the realization that, okay, we will be together. And again, oh, yeah. and you do see people again yeah. when you pass is just yeah. so amazing. Yeah. She told him things that only they knew very personal things. And this was way ahead of, of all of my folks didn't even have an email address. They had no computer. You couldn't Google them if you tried. There was nothing to find about them. So it was, you know, there was there was no way for Pam to have any gathered any information um, about my family. And all she knew of me is that I had siblings and I was from Michigan. She didn't know that I had six. She didn't know their names. She had never met anyone in my family. We were like those friends that that did a lot of radio together, but we were never really super close in that you know, that way where she wasn't involved in my Asher upbringing, so to speak. Um, so yeah, it was, it gave him such a peace of mind and it was really, really good for him. And, and I have to thank him all the time because had he not initiated that first conversation, this book would never have happened. I really believe that it would, I would have written a book. I don't believe it would have been this book. Um, right. That connection that Pam made with your mom was so strong and right. the information that your mom was sharing with Pam was kind of blowing her, her head up too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, wow, I can't believe she's telling me this. So that was really the spark. And then it was what maybe that was after your father passed. So like eight or nine years 
after that initial meeting, before the book even really started happening, right? Yes. Before that communication yep. with Pam yep. and your mom kind of went to the next level. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, he, uh, you know, I, I don't really think I could write when he was still here. Like I kept talking to him about it and kept telling him I was going to do this book and I was going to write it with mom, but he was kind of skeptical at the point thinking maybe it was my fantasy and how was I going to write a book with her? And now that he's on the other side, he sees it very clearly. Like he, I had a session with Pam shortly after he crossed and he was like, oh my gosh, I totally see it now. I see it. I understand it. Good for you. Get it done. Or in his words, he'd say, get her done, you know, get that thing written. I'm happy you're doing it. And um, so it's really cool. After I had his validation, then I, then I just like fast forward, you know, COVID hit and I was like, oh, I said to my husband, what am I going to do? I lost a big client. He goes, you're going to write your flipping book. Just do it. And so that's when I, right. That's when I really literally sat down and daily was in the studio just going for it and really writing. I always used to say I was writing a book, but I really wasn't. I was sort of farting around with my journals and, you know, creative stuff, but. Right. Cause it's a process. I mean, oh boy, you've been through it, you know, yes. there's the, the editing and, and everything. Oh, so yeah. it's like birthing a Tears. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate coffee, the, the whole process of getting the book out into the world, which, which yes. I'm so glad that you did. So Thank do you, you think that the communication and the connection that you're able to make, I mean, do you think all of us can have that kind of communication with our loved ones if, if we want it? Yes, I do. I really do. I think it's just a matter of asking and opening up. I really do. And, and believing it too. You know, if you don't believe that you can have that connection, then of course you're not going to have it. If you believe you can have that connection, open up and ask for it. I really believe that we all have this ability to connect with whomever we would like to, that happens to be in the next room. And as your mom says in the book, we are all connected. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. One, one of the things we're going to, we'll get into as well. We have just like a minute or so until the break, but I, I love the process that you, that this book went through to come out, you know, into the world and that your mom just really wanted to be heard. Yeah. And, and it seemed, did the connection just grow stronger? Yeah. You know, I didn't really, I didn't know how I was going to do it, to be honest with you. I, I mean, with Pam, it was easy because here you've got this trained psychic medium for close to 40 years. This woman has been connecting people with their loved ones on the other side. So I thought that was the book. I thought, oh, I'll write a little bit about my upbringing. I'll write about meeting Pam. And then it'll be Pam, mom, and Jane. Pam initiated and, and then book it, continued. Right. Well, exactly. hold on. We'll be right back to tell you more. Glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. 
Thanks for joining me. We're back with my friend and author, Jane Asher, talking about her incredible book, The Next Room. Jane Asher with Betty Asher. We have to make sure that we get in the co-author, <laughs> co-author from the other side. And the information that comes through in the book that Jane shares is just amazing. And if you have any interest, pick it up. You know, I really think this book, and I'm not just saying this because I've read it. I think this is going to go up there with some spiritual classics like, you know, the Brian Weiss book, Anita Morjani, Dying wow. to Be Me, because it just shares such incredible concepts in an easy to understand way. This is just really beautiful. Wow. Many lives, many masters. <laughs> For a second, I forgot the title. So I just said the Brian Weiss classic, hoping everybody remembers the name. No, I did. I, I was with you. Yeah. Many lives, many masters, you know, and like books, books like this are kind of the entry where people that are curious, they'll pick something up, they'll start reading it and it'll make an impact. And I think that your book is going to be one of them and, and hopefully give people some, some comfort and solace along the way as they're dealing with life's transitions, you know, it's something we're all, we're all going to take this trip. You know, we're all going to step into the next room at some point, hopefully not right away, but we will eventually. So I, I love, and speaking of that, like, I love the description as, as your mom and Pam get into the, the conversation and as these messages and sessions, you know, are going on. So I guess just, just to be clear, Pam initiated it, but then you continued the interaction with your mom to write the book. So she wasn't involved in every session. No, not at all. Only um, really part, well, she wrote the forward and then part three is where I was having sessions with Pam over the phone and then she would record them. And then I would ask, I had a list of questions to ask my mom. So this was in the beginning when my sister Lynn gave me the lightning bolt to, to ask Pam to connect with mom. Um, and my sister at the time, she had crossed over a week prior. And so she was like, just ask Pam if she'll connect you with mom. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Lynn, that's a great idea. So I did. I called my friend. I said, hey, would you be willing, since I knew she could do it because she had connected with my mom for my dad in his you know, grief. Um, I said, would you be willing to do some sessions with me? And she said, absolutely, whatever you want. What, what do you have in mind? And I said, I don't really know. I just have questions I want to ask my mom about what is next. And I want her to, and then I'll translate it. So it was all in recorded sessions. So we would do, you know, an hour session and, and I'd say, okay, that's all I have for today. Cause I'd get really in my head. And then Pam would send it to me and I would have to sit and listen and stop and, you know, translate everything. So I really thought that was the book. Part one, part two, part three. So I scheduled one last session with Pam just to check in with my mom to make sure she was happy with the direction of the book and what I had been writing thus far. So Pam said, sure, no problem. So I get on the phone with her and I said, okay, I just, I don't want any, I don't want to ask her any more questions about the other side. What I want to know is, is she happy with what I have so far? And Pam goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, okay, Betty, okay, I'll tell her. She says she loves the direction. She loves part one, part two, part three. There's going to be a prologue, an epilogue, and a part four. And I was like, what? what, do you, what part four? What, where, what are, how am I going to get part four? And okay, all right, Betty. All right, I'll tell her. She said, you don't need me to do this and to write what's next. You've been communicating with her on a regular basis. You can hear her. You can do this. 
and no, Betty, I don't take any offense. Okay. And then she laughed. Um, she goes, your mother's so sweet. She didn't want me to be, you know, be offended. But then she kept, and she reiterated that a few times. And so after I hung up from that session, I'm like, oh, I'm not a psychic. I'm not a medium. I can't, what? I can't do this. And so that's when it all started where I was like, can I do this? And then I would start meditating and I would take these walks every day. And then I finally made a decision like, okay, if this is what's happening. And I came in my studio and I lit a candle and I talked to her and just sort of said, if this is going to happen, you're going to have to give me an awful lot of help because I really am not that plugged in. You know, I may think I am sometimes, but I'm just a human stuck in my ego most of the time. And so I opened it up and I just said, what is it that you would like me to know? And Diana was like electricity. It was like this, this download. And I just started typing and I couldn't stop. And it was, things were coming through me and I'm asking her questions and, and I'm just writing, 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 and not reading it. And I wouldn't even read it back until, you know, the next day or the next week. And I, 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 I'm like, Tom, will you read this? This isn't me. This is not me. This is not how I speak. This isn't how I've been. This isn't what I was taught or how I was raised. I mean, this is beyond, right? This is higher thought, higher elevated consciousness. And um, what did boy, Tom oh say? <laughs> Tom, Tom was like blown away. Like I would give him pieces to read and he'd, he'd like look at me and he'd have tears and he'd say, oh my gosh, Jane, Janie, you have to you have to keep doing this. How are you doing this? And I said, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I wish I could tell you. And he goes, well, how does it work? And, and so I explained my little process, but every single time I would come out to the studio and I would open up my laptop, I always did this little meditation and prayer thing before she was there. And um, man, and sometimes I avoided it because it would freak me out, you know, like I, it was just too much. And some of the topics in the book were over my head. And I'm like, well, what, what do you, what do you mean you can reincarnate in different multiple ways? You know, like, I'm like, what? I don't know. I, I didn't understand it. And so I'd have to like, leave it alone for a day or two and, and just go let myself just kind of exhale and be. And then it just kept morphing and changing and growing. And I ended up with it. You know, and once you open the floodgates, though, it seems like it got stronger and stronger, that connection. And Absolutely. the information that she shared was just incredible. I mean, had she ever talked about reincarnation or past lives, past lives before? Because a lot yeah. of a lot of times if you're brought up in a, in a Christian household, it's kind of frowned upon or not accepted. I would say I talked to my dad about reincarnation a lot more because after she crossed and of course he had the connection, then it really opened up a wider range of topics. And my dad was a really super spiritual dude. You know, at one point he was, he was going to like a sort of like a religious college back in the Midwest and, you know, contemplating that route. Um, he knew the Bible backward and forward. Um, so he loved to have those conversations. She was just really, she was tuned in. That's all I can say. But I don't ever recall having conversations with her about reincarnation. Afterlife, yes, you know, because we're firm believers that we go on. And in the Christian 
upbringing. It's, it's heaven, right? Um, we didn't spend a lot of time in the hell category in my house. It was all about heaven. Um, so, yeah. So interesting though, that that topic came up and so many great points. I mean, people just have to pick up the book because we don't have enough time in the show to go over all of this, but I really loved her explanation of the actual moment of her crossing over. It kind of gave me goosebumps when I read that. It was just so beautiful because she described it as, you know, just a letting go. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I guess there's, there's fear because we're clinging on to these lives with, you know, a grip. I mean, we don't want to let go, but when we kind of just release and that, that just seemed so beautiful. And then her explanation of, of the, that feeling of love, which she describes as God right. is, is just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. She even, you know, she felt it was like being plugged back in and then the awareness of, oh yeah. Oh, I forgot how amazing it's in it just keeps going and going and going. And it's so much bigger than anything that we can wrap our human brains around right now, because infinity is, you know, it's exponential. Yeah, we it's, just can't even get there. You know, there's no way. And so that's why she kept saying, you know, just put it in word, your own words, your words in your human form. Don't worry about the perfection of it. There is no way for you to grasp it. There is no way for anyone of us uh, to actually grasp how grand it is. Just do the best you can with the words that you have. And, and really it's about the feeling. And she was really big about me staying in my integrity, huge, like stay in your integrity. Don't worry what anybody's going to think. Cause I did have a lot of moments of doubting and thinking, Oh boy, you know, what are people going to say? Are they going to think I've flipped my dome doily, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, here's this, here's this used to be rock and roll chick. And now she's talking to dead people. What's going on there? You know? So I asked let- myself that question. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Right. That's how do you go me. from rock DJ you. to this? Right. right. <laughs> I know. That's why, you know, I'm always so comforted in your presence because we have traveled a very similar path. And so it's always really fun to connect with you because I'm like, ah, Diane gets me. Thank goodness she gets me. (laughs) No, I love this project. So I'm really happy that we can talk about it and share it with our listeners here. And I just loved your mom's take on, on so many different things. You know, her description of God, you know, what, what's God like? I mean, it's, it's love. And like you said, you can't really wrap your head around what that actual feeling is, but something that we'll all will experience. And also she had an interesting explanation of the Bible that, that really resonated with me, you know, like those, those are, are, are things to help people understand what people at that time were trying to express, but it's really so much bigger than that. Like that's just such a small little container. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Was that surprising to you? Like, and was there anything that surprised you the most that she said in her description of what's on the other side? Uh, you know, when she started talking about soul families and light beings from other galaxies or other dimensions, that it didn't surprise me as much as it, I was like, whoa, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready for that, you know, because my idea was all very human, you know, it's you're with your loved ones and your pets and there's lots of flowers and music and you're floating around in this fabulous vibe, right? Um, I didn't 
stop to think about the vast amount of universes that are out there. You know, we're just one little pod here, yeah, a right? Little speck. Yeah, exactly. And so that that gave me quite a pause. And so I had to spend some time with that. And I think the reincarnation thing too. I was like, right. I, I'm I'm still I'm still struggling. Jane is still having trouble with that and, one. And you know? in the book, she said that your roles had been reversed at some point. Mm-hmm. And I've also heard that from other teachers, in particularly Brian Weiss, who talks about soul families, where you might be a father or mother, another gender or something in that group, and that soul families do tend to stay together soul over, grouping. over different lifetimes. Yeah. And she yeah. Uh, reiterated that as well in the books. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm the baby of six, right? So Lynn, Gail, Patty, Donna, Tom, Jane, and- there were, you know, we each had this very unique connection with her. Um, but I always felt from a very young age that I, I was always caring for her. Like I was always brushing her hair or rubbing cream on her back or rubbing her feet or, you know, I wanted to wait on her. I wanted to love her like, like a mother loves a child. And I just, I was always like that with her, you know, holding her hand. I mean, we held hands we'd go to the grocery store and we would walk in holding hands. Like you would hold a little girl's hand. And it always was curious to me. And another psychic said to me, not Pam said, Oh, that's total. Makes sense. You were your mom's mom. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I was my mother. I was grandma Emma. And she's like, no, not your mother's (laughs) mom. You used to be in another time. You were your mom's mom. And I'm like, Oh, well, that makes total sense. That makes complete and utter sense to me now. Yeah. I get now why I was so overly protective of her and guarded her and revered her and just loved her like a child, you know, I think not in a weird way. Yeah, there's there's some there's definitely something about that that resonated with me as well, because even though I don't have physical children, like with my brother and sister, I'm, I'm very nurturing to them. And I like being kind of the, the mother figure in a sense. And they were talking amongst amongst themselves. And they said, my sister said to my brother, well, you know, when something hits the fan, I just call Diane. And he goes, well, I do too. And I, I, I like that. I guess I liked, I like being in that role that, well, when it hits the fan, you know who to call, you know, that's good. I love it. It even (laughs) has a little cadence to it. Maybe you were their mom. I could have been very much so. Maybe I'll I'll find that all out, you know, uh, at that moment, which I think we all do. And and your mom even said in the book that we gain a spiritual intelligence. So I think that kindly kind of when that moment happens, like you describe like, oh, okay, this is what it is. And then things start to make sense. Yeah. I'm not just looking at this life in this little box. I love the way she described it to Pam with, it's like, we're all holding a little shoe box, a little hole, and we're looking at our life and, and that's all we experience, right? Okay. This is my studio. This is Diane, Jane, my coffee cup and the people, my loved ones, but then death, you put that box down and you pull away. And that's when you, Oh, Holy cow. It's a lot bigger than what was in my little shoe box. You know, and I just love that visual so much that she gave Pam. I actually had an artist do a drawing to depict it. And I love that so much. I want to have that little guy that has put down a shoebox and now gets it. I've got that 
ready to go for a, a t-shirt in the future. Cause I just love him. I just, you know, you get a whole new perspective, right? And Absolutely. there will be another addition an add on to the room, the guest room, maybe, I don't know what the next book will be called. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for the guests that you were oh, describing, like you know, the beings that we're not aware of, of other consciousness, other Ooh. universes that are out there. I, I think that's, I'm, that's totally amazing. I'd love to find out more about that. Maybe she can share more information about that. Yeah. I'm going to have to really do uh, a lot of work on myself to get there. I'm, I'm not going to lie, yeah. you know, cause I'm, I'm not ready for that, but I'm, I know I need to write more. She's told me that we're going to at least do maybe two or three more, depending on how busy I'm going to get. And uh, I can see that now. Like, I'm like, busy. How am I going to be busy? I'll just sit out here and write and Tom will bring me chocolate, you know, <laughs> but, but now I can see it, it really is kind of an all compassing um, occupation. Well, since it, the book's been out, I mean, it's been resonating with people, right? So yeah. you're getting a great response. Yes, I am. People want to know more. You're guesting on fabulous podcasts and shows like this one and George Norrie and Coast to Coast. Yeah, so yeah, the, it's great. The word is spreading, the ripple, you know, the yeah. tendrils going out there. It's nice. Yeah. And, you know, you, you keep thinking that you have to try to manage it or try to create something. And when you realize you just have to detach, mm-hmm. you don't, I don't really need to do anything. It needs, you know, the work speaks for itself. And as a good friend just helped me the other day, because I was having momentary freak out like, oh, what am I? I'm just sitting around. What am I doing? I, you know, because you do a show and then maybe something doesn't happen for a few days and you might send some books out or you might get an inquiry of, of an article or, that wants to be written. But there's a lot of ebb and flow to being an author. But I have to get comfortable with it because I really feel that this is my calling. I feel this is why I'm here. I'm here to to connect and put some messages out and and hopefully give people some hope, you know? And I think that's what it's all, we're all looking for that. We're all looking we for are. a little peace of mind, right? That was the one thing that I would always notice from my Hay House days when we would do events and there would be these amazing uh, speakers and mediums like John Holland and, and bar none, every single time someone was in a demonstration of a mediumship, they would ask, is my loved one okay? People were so, people have that fear that whatever horrible, if it was an illness or something that that person passed and they were in pain, that somehow they're still suffering on the other side or something like that. People wanted that peace of mind. And, and I think this book's going to give people a lot of, of that, of healing and peace of mind. Yeah. I have heard from a lot of individuals that have had just tragedy and, and death. It's all around us, right? You know, yes. you, you can't sign on Facebook without seeing that another classmate or friend of a friend or brother-in-law or this, that, or the other has left. And so there is an awful lot of pain and, you know, 2020 was a, a really challenging year. And so um, I am hearing from people that are thanking me and just saying it just gave them some hope and some peace and, and uh, also some ideas about how they might open up to try to connect with their loved ones. So I hope to do that. I hope to do some book talks surrounding that, you know, actually live and in person once we get this COVID thing under control, it would be really cool to go out and actually do a live book talk that that would be. Oh, you will. Things are opening up. And and I think next year, 
definitely that'll be in the cards. And and you're right, just over the past year, there's been so much loss, mm-hmm. you know, that people really needed to hear this message. So speaking of messages, while we still have some time left in the show, I definitely want to talk about the Beautiful Dying Expo that Unity is one of the sponsors of and you're going to be a part of. And this was funny because we had been posting about this on social media and I'm like, oh, can I be excited about a death and dying expo? I'm so excited, (laughs) you know, but I think this is going to be so valuable. It's going to help so many people because one thing that we do not talk about in our culture, I think enough is death and dying. What are your parents' wishes? What's going to happen? What do you want? You know, those kinds of things, unfortunately, are often discussed at a hospital bed when you're freaking out and you can't make those kind of decisions. And this expo is going to be amazing and it's free. Absolutely. Yeah. From from grief and bereavement, green burial, um, you know, advanced care directive, getting your affairs in order, wills, trust, all of that stuff that, you know, once we get it, all handled, we can kind of relax and enjoy our life and and not worry about it. And it's not a scary topic. It's actually quite beautiful. So the beautiful Diane Expo, it's coming up Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thank you, Diane, for letting me plug. (laughs) You're going to be on my podcast live on stage, on the main stage on Friday at four o'clock. Just grab yourself a beverage and Come join us at the Beautiful Dine Expo because the tables will be turned and I'll get to interview my dear friend and talk to her uh, about anything and everything. So So it's going to be really great. And it's free, which I love. And we already have like a ton of people have already like tuned in and and, uh, registered. There's a a quick little registration. Just go to BeautifulDineExpo.com and all the information is right there. And just join us. You can, it's virtual. You can just kind of go, oh, you know what? I want to watch this. There will be a thing. Or Soaring Spirits is great. It's all about people that, that possibly are widowed. And it's all about that thing, you know, being a widow. And I don't know what that's all about. I don't want to experience it. But Soaring Spirits is a great organization. Green Burial Council, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Patch Adams. I mean, big names. The Grave Woman. Oh my gosh. She's one of my very favorite people (laughs) in the world. I love her. She's out of Atlanta. So she'll be on stage with me on uh, Saturday. So it's going to be just a a really great gathering of good people. I have never participated in a virtual online conference. Oh, you'll dig it. So this is really exciting. I'm, I'm thrilled. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, the great thing is you can wear anything you want. Right. <laughs> you, you don't have to break out a nice bra. You can wear the sports bra. You can just show up and just kind of virtually pop around to different places. And some of the seminars you'll go, oh, wow, I really love this or the panels of discussion and some are private, you know, um, and there's also going to be an area where you can connect with people, which would be great for you, for your show, for Be Present with Diane Ray. You can actually go in and get information. I mean, after last year's Beautiful Dying Expo, no lie, I think I had 12 solid, amazing interviews lined up from, you know, FEN, the Final Exit Network, great people, um, to all around, just amazing people are there in this spiritually sound community. And it's, it's all this death positive movement right now, which I love, you know, it's kind of a riff off the sex positive, but I think it's so great. We're death positive, right? Well, we're positive. We're all going to die someday. You know, let's not make it, uh, let's not make it a horrible 
awful thing to to yeah. talk about. And just right. to get rid of the fear and the stigma. I mean, obviously we're all afraid of the unknown and what's going to happen, but to prepare our loved ones, to make it easier. I mean, I have a friend that it took her a year to empty out just her father's like storage bins and mm. house. And he, you know, borderline hoarder and all this stuff. It took her weeks to find the will and oh, just like wow. adding all of that stress onto your family at that time. It's so unnecessary. Yeah. And you can just prepare and have those conversations. Yep, absolutely. And there are so many ways to do it too. You know, online now there are great services where you can fill out everything online and it's encrypted and you can do it digitally if you want, or there's a great book called I'm dead. Now what? And it's like an old school (laughs) book that you can fill out everything. I've got one of those. Um, I have a special drawer. I've, I've pretty much done everything except clean out every closet, you know, cause at some point, you know, the kids are going to have to deal with a few closets. So, um, but you know, it is really nice to give them a little peace of mind and, you know, they're going to be sad enough. I would hope that they would be sad when their parents, you know, move on, but you don't want to add to that drama by, by not having your affairs in order. Exactly. I mean, my mother was a teacher and was very organized and had very exact, beautiful cursive handwriting. And she had everything written down. That's a gift. What was going to happen. And it was, it was such a gift that my sister and brother and I didn't have to worry about that. She had her will, everything was taken care of. So yeah, yeah, you're, you're able to be with your grief. Right. And, and deal with that without all of that other stuff. So I do hope that people who are listening will check this out. The beautiful dying expo. And it's been so cool to talk with you about the book. I'm so excited for you. This is just going to continue to morph and grow and I can't wait for the next one. Thank you. The guest room. (laughs) I I love it. I think you just gave me an idea. And I I just want to quickly say thank you to you because you are just the consummate professional. And I appreciate you. You read the book, you know, and you interviewed me so beautifully. So thank you. I read the book. And thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.